Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Sports Fantasy Podcast. I am Liz Loza and today I am joined by Matt Harmon, not Dalton Del Don, who is still mourning the loss of Jimmy GQ. Is everyone Mm. sending their condolences to Dalton? Very sad. I'm getting emotional right now just thinking about it and listening to the music. I was not aware that Jimmy Garoppolo was from the Irish Isle. An Irish cop? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a little confusing, but I mean, producer Brett, we, we trust him with the, with with the sound With all things. With all things. things. Do we trust him with player values, though? Nah, man, I don't trust him with player value. That's why we're here as the uh, hashtag analysts. <laughs> so let's get into it with a little, uh, a little chat about a favorite caffeinated beverage. Coffee talk. Boom. I feel like, are we at the breakfast table now? Like, are we talking about, uh, what are we What are we talking about here at the coffee table? Are we at the coffee shop or are we at the breakfast table? We're just having some coffee talk. Just oh. like two friends discussing player values or other things. We could talk about comic books. We could talk about no. your cool sweatshirt Can't with the zippers on the side of it. Yeah, my, uh, my stepdad hates this sweatshirt. Uh, he actually hates most things I own. We both have a very, like, strong sense of... Like we like fashion and like to look good. Oh, your stepdad is into fashion. Oh, let's t- we we'll talk about this offline. The man has like an outrageous set of clothes, like, shoe collection. So many shoes, Liz. I've never seen. It looked like when he moved in with my mom. It looked like a thrift store, but like a high end thrift store just exploded into my childhood that home. You? No, not really. Not in like a sense of like. Who is this man in my home? Like, not that kind of way, but like, what is all this stuff doing in here? Uh, But yeah, so he's got a lot of, he got a a very high sense of fashion and it's just completely like bright pinks, neon polos. And like, I'd wear very dark, dull colors. So since I taped my fantasy football live hit today, I've been trying to wear like all my, all the things that he doesn't like because it just, it's fun for me to like, be like, hey, Steve, check this out. And yeah, so. This very, is what I'm it's very today. autumnal. Yeah, it's I something. It. It's interesting. My stepdad wears the same, like a hundred of the same colored polo or button down. Yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm not kidding, Liz. I will. We will definitely talk about this off. We don't right. want to waste anybody well, else's time with this. Let's make it a bit. Let's make it a bit. Hey, <laughs> tag it. That's a bit. That's a bit. Hashtag Talking bit. about our stepdad's fashion choices. Listen, it's a modern. It's, this is modern family. Like, welcome to 2018. Yeah, I generally say talking about. Someone's wardrobe is not great podcast. 
Well, all right. Brent knows everything. Well, do you think that talking about Kareem Hunt as a sell-high candidate is a story that we can talk about? All right. Well, well, Matt, do you think that Kareem Hunt and his zipper-esque, his hoodie full of zippers should be sold high on? Yeah, and actually, I have another family story with this one too. But we'll just oh, to, just to keep Brett on his toes over here. But I do think Cream Hunt is a sell high candidate. Um, he had 18 carries last week, which is what you like, especially out of a running back that's tethered to a high end offense like he is. I mean, two touchdowns last week, obviously. But my biggest problem with him is that he has not been getting a lot of passing game yes. work. I mean, he has three targets in three games, just one catch. That makes your floor completely bottom out as a running back if you're not getting any receiving work if they do at some point fall behind in a game they have not done that to this point uh in any significant way that's going to be a big problem for cream hunts floor and in this week against the broncos especially this is a team that's really given up a lot of production through the air their secondary is not what it used to be but they're still giving up under 3.5 yards per carry so he's someone i would actually think about trading uh, right now before week four, if you can get peak value. So I have him projected for just 61 rushing yards. Sure, maybe he gets a rushing touchdown, but only two catches in this one. Yeah, I mean, that's about all you can hope for. And and my funny story on this one is actually last night I was out at happy hour with a few of my friends um, and my sister's playing fantasy football for the first time this year. Mm-hmm. And she's like really into it. She texts me all this stuff like I see on my app that, you know, I've got that my player has this percentage of a bust rate and all these she's like quoting all these stats at me I'm like wait bust rate. I thought I was like the analyst yes, of the family but yeah so she's Emily's getting after it on this but she starts messaging me last night and calling me and FaceTiming me she's like emergency fantasy discussion like I need to, I need your help right now and I'm like I'm not like, I'm not doing this because no offense Em but like I'm out right now like I'll call you when I get home and then uh, she actually texted my girlfriend and told me that she traded uh, DeAndre Hopkins for Kareem Hunt. And I was like, oh, no, no. I should have answered the This phone. is what happened. <laughs> I know. But you know what? She said she trusted her gut, and she definitely needed running back help. So let's hope that whatever I just said is wrong for my sister's sake. Well, uh, for the accountability of our podcast, which I place slightly over your sister's fantasy football team, I would disagree. But I do have another sell-high candidate at the running back position, and I wanted to float this idea past you. I feel like we need to sell on Saquon Barkley. Really? I do. Yes, he has cleared over 100 yards for three weeks straight, but you know that knee bruise that Mm -hmm. he got in the first half of last week's game? Yeah. could be a lot more of that. I don't think he's going to make it 16 weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's also had a hamstring injury coming into this season or uh, in in training camp or whatever. And that has been that hasn't really cropped up yet. But you're right. Like the injuries are starting to pile up a little bit. I mean, that offensive line. And if you just look at the Yes, he's cutting and he looks dynamic and you understand why the Giants took him as the second overall pick. But the number of steps that he is taking Mm -hmm. are going to catch up with him. Yeah. I mean, this checkdown defense will get figured out. Or checkdown offense, rather, will get figured out. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, you talk about their offensive line. Like, their second-best offensive lineman, you know, bar none, is a rookie. Uh, will Hernandez, the left guard, the right side of their offensive line, they benched Eric Flowers, uh, like, in a situation where it couldn't get much worse. But it doesn't mean it's going to get any better. The center's <laughs> banged up. Yeah, the center's banged up. It's a, it's a nightmare offensive line situation for sure. And, I mean, you know me. I'm a running back talent agnostic when it comes to fantasy football. I know he looks great out there. But what I have been encouraged by is that I think Eli Manning, like, he was a disaster in week two, was ho-hum in week one. But last week, we talked about on Sunday's podcast, did look really good. So I think if Barkley stays healthy, he's fine in fantasy. But if I 
totally get what you're saying in terms of worrying about the injury risk. I also feel like it's four months of a season, right? And Eli Manning's arm may have looked revitalized slightly last week, but I'm not sure he can push the ball deep. He's 30, what, seven years old? Yeah. And so I'm, you know, we've seen other quarterbacks start to decline as the year wore on because there's just a lot of impact on your body. So I, I, I don't know. I don't think long term. I think if you are in trouble at an, you can get a two for one deal, too, from Saquon. So I think that's fair because the hype of how good of a player he is yeah. is definitely still on him. But uh, if that offense does start to deteriorate, as you think it might, then you're really looking at just a floor play type of guy and, and not really getting value of what you took him in drafts. What about Buy low candidates. Do you have any of those? Uh, buy low candidates right now. It's hard to say that anybody really jumps out at me, but actually somebody we will talk about later in the DFS value section, on Johnson does yes. kind of stand out to me as a value. I know you like on a lot. Look, I know I say I'm a running back talent agnostic, but like, come on, Lions. This guy's clearly your best running back. When uh, when it, when you look at what LeGarrette Blunt is doing, he can give you at least adequate to maybe even above average receiving ability. Um, so I don't think he's a big drop off from what theoretic gives you. I think they just need to feature him, especially because their defense has started to play a little bit better the last two weeks. But this still is a team that should want to control the clock a little more to keep their defense off the field. I think that would be nice if you featured carry on Johnson there. And I like that you mentioned his pass catching value and prowess because that makes this offense less predictable. Yeah. I mean, if you have Theo Riddick out on the field, you know what's going to happen. If you have LeGarrette Blunt yeah. on the field, like, so having on Johnson just keeps defenses honest in a way that the other backs don't. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's like no two bigger tells at the running back position <laughs> than LeGarrette Blunt Theo Riddick. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know exactly what you're getting. That is a spectrum. Yeah, seriously. Like, both ends of the extremes there. And yeah, I think on Johnson helps you meet somewhere in the middle. And I think the Lions offense would just be much better. And hey, I mean, he's a record breaker. He snapped the stupid streak that the, the Lions 100 had. hundred yards since 2013. Yeah. I mean, pretty wild. I think about 2013, like the guy who broke the record was Reggie, or that first did, the, the last did the 100 yards was Reggie Bush. He now works for the NFL Network, not mm-hmm. done any play anymore. And I think where I was in 2013, I mean, my God, I was, you know, didn't, didn't even like write for football guys yet. That's a long time ago. That was a long time ago. It was five years ago, Boom. in fact. If you do some quick math, because fantasy's <laughs> all about math. It's a math uh, game. <laughs> some more math. Ryan Fitzpatrick has three touchdowns and three interceptions for three straight 400-plus yard games. There's a lot of threes and fours, if you will. Um, but now, Jameis is back. You know, Dirk Cotter's like, we got a plan. We got a plan, but we're not going to tell you because we want our the Bears to keep, you know, guessing. We want to keep them on their toes. But I mean, if you're a Bucks fan right now, are you like, do not give me crab legs. Continue to give me the magic. Yeah, I think you ride this streak until it runs out. Ryan Fitzpatrick started to turn back into a pumpkin at different Very times. Very nice gift work, by uh, the way. Look, I just post the gifts. I uh, get them all from our great animators. Did Amber there do the- that? No, uh, we have two new animators that we just hired specifically for social media stuff. Wow. Um, yeah, well, not me. I didn't hire them. I don't do anything like that. But <laughs> but, the, <laughs> but I did put that request in very early was just in case Fitzpatrick slumps tonight, can you make me a gif of his face turning back into a pumpkin? It was man? so Tim Burton. I loved yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty great stuff. Uh, so they're really great. Shout out to uh, Michael and Avery are the two new animators. But anyways... Yeah, no, Fitzpatrick did start to kind of revert back to some of the, the you know, the Fitz tragic, as everybody was saying on, on Monday night, the joke that everyone was making. 
he started to revert back to that a little bit, but we still saw him, you know, keep this offense moving and keep it alive. So I think that's just who Fitzpatrick is. We've said that before. Like he's a streaky player, and eventually the juice is going to run out on this. But I think you keep him out there until it does. I think you lose the locker room if you put in Jameis Winston right now, especially when you're getting all of those receivers yeah. involved. I mean, why, why wouldn't those receivers who are getting fed want to have Ryan Fitzpatrick slinging the ball? So for right now, I agree. Probably the Bears are going to try to game plan for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, you know, the Bears, they have the best defense so far this week. So is this the week that you think the, the magic? I, it could be. I still think you start Fitzpatrick yes, if, as a fantasy asset for sure, but it is by far the biggest test that he's faced. The Steelers don't have a good defense. The Saints obviously are a nightmare. Like he hasn't faced a tough... I mean, the Eagles have a good overall defense. They're really great on the ground, but their corners can be exploited, and we saw that obviously in week two. So this is by far the biggest test that Fitzpatrick will face. And maybe this becomes the week that Peyton Barber owners, who thought they were so smart with their value yeah. pick. I mean, that's like... <laughs> I'm not forecasting it, but uh, I mean, that would be the uh, the opportunity. Yeah, I guess. Their front seven is just so loaded, though. And I think that this, if you put, put heat on Fitzpatrick, we could see him throw some picks. Like, uh, Jameis Winston obviously is... He has his issues on and off the field, but he did close 2017 really strong. Um, he also looked good in the preseason. So I think that there's a chance that this team really does still believe in him. They just can't get off the Fitzpatrick train yet because it would make no logical sense to do so. I just am really curious, like, what's the leash on Fitzpatrick if he does make some errors? Well, it's his job to lose at this point, yeah, I think is what sure. we're both saying. Deshaun Jackson, though, is a player who did come back down to earth Last week in week three, um, next four games at Chicago, at Atlanta, I like that matchup, versus Cleveland and at Cincinnati. On FFL last week before the game, I was surprised to see Chris Godwin's percentage owned at just 40%. It's increased some since then, but Godwin is scoring every week. He, heading into week three's contest, out-snapped and out-targeted D-Jax. He didn't see as many snaps this past Sunday, but he did, or this past week, I should say, but he did out-target Deshaun Jackson. So, I mean... I feel like this is kind of what you get with DJX. Like, welcome to Boomer Bust. You've been booming for a while when you how you didn't draft him super early, so you got to be expecting some stinkers. For sure, I think you if you've drafted him, and he might have even gone undrafted in several leagues. I took him late in a lot of best ball formats for this very yes. reason that. Look, if you get him, you're going to want to be exposed to these big weeks, but you know the downside's coming. And even I'm not going to say like his production in the first two weeks was fluky because I mean he has always been this type of deep threat, but he caught all five of his targets that came 20 plus yards down the field uh, for 232 yards and three touchdowns. That yardage total is over 74 percent of the actual all the yards that he's created this year. So I think that definitely you're looking at just strictly a boomer bust type of player. This is the week I talked about this. You will see. see it on Fantasy Football Live, talking about it using his reception perception data, showing why I think that this is a week you probably want to shy away from him, especially with that great Bears pass rush, putting heat on Fitzpatrick. You might not have time to get the ball down the field to Deshaun Jackson. I think so. I still think Chris Godwin is the better long-term fantasy option through 2018. He's going to be a constant, like a, a flex every week. There's yeah. no reason not to flex him or wide re- use him as a wide receiver three. In this matchup, though, I think that Mike Evans against Kyle Fuller... Yeah, is going to eat. Plus, he's so big that even with the pass rush coming at Fitz, he could be a little high and wild and know that Mike Evans has the catch radius, especially in the red area of the field, to deliver. And he's been awesome. I mean, he's just played every other year, man. (laughs) Right? It really, it really has been. Like his on years have been incredible. Although I would say I think this is the best he's looked so far through his career. Like in terms of. 
I think he's always been kind of underrated as a route runner. Um, you know, he's a big guy, so people just think of him as a pure body up receiver. But he did develop really strong technical skills from I think it was 2015 to 2016. That year, obviously, he was the top scoring receiver in standard formats. What about Tom Brady? Did you know, Matt, that he's the 20th ranked quarterback in yeah. fantasy? How's, he, how's your um, heart rate? <laughs> Do you need a, a brown paper bag to breathe into? Are you panicking? I don't think I'm panicking because we've seen this with the story with the Patriots before. They have a couple of games, especially like once on prime time every year where they don't play all that well. That's usually versus Miami, who's their opponent this that's week. That's true. <laughs> that's true. That end of 2017, yeah, we, we did see them slump against the Dolphins. But to me, the Patriots are really just – don't have any good players right now. Um, you know, Chris Hogan is a okay receiver. I think he's o- definitely agree with our colleague Brad Evans, who thinks he's an overrated player. I think that some people are just a lot higher on him than they really need to be. I mean, Philip Dorsett and James White are numbers two and one in the target percentage pecking order. That's not a sustainable way to play offense. So I think the Patriots do need to get Josh Gordon at least a little bit involved. I'm still not starting him yet in fantasy until we see something, but I'm not panicking on this. And I do think the Dolphins have made big plays on offense. They're not running a lot of plays. And that, I think, has boosted them defensively, where I really think they only have, like, one cornerstone star in Xavier Howard. He Also, I feel like the Dolphins' defense has just been economical. Like, I, I don't think it's been—I think it's been sneaky good. Like they, Yeah, they've been sneaky good against the run, even though they lost in Dominican Sioux. Uh, they don't—they have lost William Hayes now for a well, long time. Well, and that's a good point, because I want to talk about the Patriots' backfield, because mm-hmm. Hayes— I would imagine is the, and I hope you agree. Let's say you do. Now you should. Um, <laughs> I, I agree. I preemptively agree. Is the Dolphins' top run stopper. Yeah. So I look at Sony Michelle and I hear people, this is the narrative. Oh, you can't trust the Patriots' backfield. I don't buy, I, by the way, I don't know why I turn into like that old lady on the back of all the shoebox greeting cards whenever oh, I'm yeah. complaining. Like, oh, my <laughs> hair is gray and my skin is dry and the. Patriots backfield is so hard to project. It's actually not that hard to project Mm -hmm. right now because you've got Rex Burkhead and Jeremy Hill both done for the year, right? Or on the IR. Sent off, yeah. And um, you've got James White, who's not a rusher, right? Except for the Super Bowl, I guess. But like he catches, he he dominates via the air. Now you've got Sony Michelle, who's a first round draft pick, came in with knee issues. I did a fantastic deep dive on this. Um, blog that's written by a doctor of physical therapy called Injury Insight. He has a clinic here in West L.A. And he really went through every step of the knee. I should say he wasn't a doctor to Sony Michelle, but using his medical expertise and professional knowledge, broke it down. And I really feel like, and maybe I said this last week too, I don't remember because all the days start to run into each other. They're going to run him into the ground. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because they don't, like you said, they don't really have a lot of options. And still, until the Lions cut uh, LeGarrette Blunt in like week 10 and then he resigns with the Patriots and oh, scores sure. eight touchdowns to end of the season. Yeah, but by then it's week 10, man. <laughs> no, I forget about it. But yeah, no, it's interesting with Michelle because I, I thought watching that game on Sunday night, he did not look like the explosive player that I remember from playing college. Fast. Yeah, for sure. And Tom Brady, I think after the game, said something like, we need to get the guys out there who are making plays and like, that seemed to allude to like James White's out there making plays for us. But James White is just a, like he's purely a receiver. They need some sort of rushing presence. And with Rex Burkhead gone, they don't really have many other options. Other the than, matchup bodes well for him. Absolutely. So I think that like Michelle's still not a guy I want to start, but I definitely want to have on my roster because if you do somehow, if Michelle starts cooking and the Patriots offense, which we all I think we all agree it will eventually start cooking, then you have a, a surefire every week start there. And I want to have that exposure to Michelle. I just don't know that I trust to, to start him yet. Last thing about the Patriots, 
you mentioned Josh Gordon, whether or not you should play him, own him, etc. I don't think that who cares? Like yeah. there's going to be some sucker once he has a big game that you can sell high and he's going to feel super vindicated and go ahead. But I think the conversation about Josh Gordon should be not about ownership, but about what he does for the rest of this offense, because he now makes Chris Hogan a potential flex every week, which is much better. Not as great as where you had probably had to draft him, but much better than what you've been getting out of him, say, that week when Gronk was taken away. And so he got all of the targets. Like, I just think that the addition of Josh Gordon does so much more for the rest of the offense that I want a piece of versus debating whether or not he's usable in fantasy. Yeah, I mean, nobody in the Patriots offense is really getting open right now. CP's never been a good route runner, obviously. Dorsett's not in every week. He should not be a starting receiver CP in the NFL. CP is Corderell Patterson. I mean, he has me blocked on Twitter, so we're like basically <laughs> on a first-name basis. But yeah, so, I mean, Dorsett shouldn't be a starting receiver. Hogan's like not a great separator. Um, he's better when he's on the interior, that's for sure. So I think if if uh, Josh Gordon's out there dictating coverages, it's a good it's good for the overall Patriots offense. I still think you like don't nec- you're, you're still not going to ever like you said you're never going to get what you wanted out of Chris Hogan, but it does make the offense more efficient. Let's stop talking about forty one year old dudes and talk about some young guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the new hotness. Um, Baker Mayfield, the chosen Rosen. These are name starters. We got everybody in now. Josh Allen's playing. Sam Darnold's playing. These are the top four quarterbacks from this draft class. They're all now starting. So let's say you were a Jimmy G owner. I want to play a little Would You Rather. Oh, all right. Yes. So would you rather roster Mayfield, Rosen, Darnold, or Allen? Right now, I would much like it's Mayfield by far to me. Um, I think you would agree by your yes. Uh, But yeah, Josh Rosen... I mean, this offense is such a nightmare. You're like just kind of hoping that he upgrades things for David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. People are getting a little excited about Christian Kirk. I guess you can roster him, but still overall, this is the slowest offense in the league in terms of plays run. There's not a lot of opportunity there. And they didn't want to throw Josh Rosen out there because they didn't want to put him behind that offensive line that can't pass protect. So I'm not jazzed about Rosen as a starter. Darnold. I think we've seen already the best from him in terms of from like a statistical sense. I think he's I think he have a good rookie season, but I don't want to play him in fantasy. But Mayfield's the one who's getting thrown into the best situation, the best situation with by the best far, weapons. by far, yes. absolutely, by far. It's not even close. It's crazy that we're saying the best situation is in Cleveland, though. Yeah, but I mean, they have a a decent offensive line. They have some good players there. Uh, they have a a running back who's playing really well in Carlos Hyde. Uh, and they have obviously good pa- a good pass catcher in Jarvis Landry, who Mayfield went in and threw eight targets to right away, looked really good with him. I could I make the argument, too, that I think a Josh Allen's easy, the, the second one here among these guys. After Mayfield, I think he's the second best option. Why would you say that? Purely because I think he offers athletic ability. He can run. Uh, he's fearless. Jumping over. He can literally jump over uh, all, many things that the Bills Twitter account put out the uh, the gifts and or the vi- images of him leaping over buildings and all these kinds of things, photoshopping the image of him actually leaping a Vikings defender. But I think Allen, like, I don't want to start him in like a single QB league, but a two QB league, I think he's an option just because I think he gives you some big play upside and he's probably going to be trailing a lot. I mean, it's still, I mean, it's a gross situation for sure, no doubt, but you're probably right, but I feel like we're not for the play calling in Arizona. And you make the point about AQ Shipley and that offensive line, you know, without him in it is, is a disaster in Arizona, but Rosen, 
just has such an opportunity with Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson, but the usage of those players, I mean, isn't it interesting to anyone that we talk about David Johnson not being used as a pass catcher, and then finally he catches a 21-yard touchdown and puts numbers on the board? Yeah. Like, use him the way he's supposed to be used instead of this, like, trying to establish the run immediately. Like, that doesn't work anymore. It's 2018. Hashtag level up. Amen to literally everything you just said. Well, Amen to a lot more then. So fine. Baker Mayfield by um, a landslide. Also, sneaky David Njoku, if we can say that. Not sneaky, I yes. guess is the wrong word. But he should. There's no safety. We will talk about him in the DFS value oh, section. All right. Well, then I will yeah. I will put a pin in it. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about guys that we might be a little bit worried about suiting up. I got a, lo- a lot of names, big names. Let's just go through them rapid fire style, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. AJ Green groin. I think he plays. Do you play him? Yes. If he's on the field, I play him. Even with a groin injury? Even with a groin injury. I know you expressed some concerns about that, but I'm still going to roll him out there. And just because this game is a shootout, he will still have red zone upside. Yeah, I'm still going to play him. I know I said rapid fire, but Tyler Boyd as his number two. <laughs> <laughs> no, Boyd's in a great spot. So do you think Tyler Boyd is talented enough, were green to miss time to carry that receiving core? I don't. No, me neither. Okay. I don't think so. I think he's purely a number two guy he is Rashid from Street Fighter just google that uh Larry Fitzgerald hamstring probably plays not all that jazzed about using him ditto Devonta Freeman knee don't think he plays so don't, don't think he plays didn't project him although man Tevin Coleman messed up in a big spot I know, yeah. oh, he blew his shot he's also not one of Sark's favorites like that's no. a that's a Shanahan one cut guy he's he's blowing it uh LaShawn McCoy ribs I think he plays he said he thinks he plays so there you he go he thinks a lot of things <laughs> Let's not even go there with LaShawn McCoy. But he actually, I think, I made this point in our on in the YouTube video I just shot. By the way, subscribe to Yahoo Sports on YouTube. You can see Liz's mostly football s- segments there. You can also see uh, my little stupid things that I do there. Uh, hey, don't, don't degrade yourself. I mean, basically what I was doing was reading, like, some tweets of people that had said what players they got wrong. And somebody said LaShawn McCoy, and I actually made the point, like, LaShawn McCoy might have gained value without even playing last week simply because the Bills' offense looked competent against a really good defense. Again, we don't expect this offense to be very good, but as a hating myself LaShawn McCoy owner in one league, I do feel a little bit better about him today than I did a week ago. What about Aaron Rodgers and his knee? He plays your... Probably playing. Yes, yeah. agreed. Against the Bills, yeah, you're playing. Here's a good one. Leonard Fournette and his hamstring. <sighs> I think he probably suits up. I think they thought they could get through that game last week without him. Mm. I don't think they'll make that mistake again. I think they will play him, even though I kind of think they're better without him. Whole other discussion. Well, TJ Yeldon, by the way, everyone looked at his numbers last week, but he was injured for a oh, big yeah, portion yeah. of that game. And I know, you know, Tank Williams, our colleague, likes to call TJ Yeldon total junk. <laughs> Damn. No, he doesn't play to size. <laughs> yes, he will fumble at the goal line, but I, I've seen him improve. Like the the TJ Yeldon hate is a little out of control, especially when not looking at the circumstances. Fair enough, for sure. Um, it's not a great matchup against the Jets, though. The Jaguars are at home; they are a favorite. They're um, hungry. They're angry. I think I mean, you probably Sam if, if get Fournette plays, over. I think you probably play him. But I'm not. I don't love it. Uh, Jay Ajayi has a fractured back. Yeah, and he thinks he's he's going to play with it. Um, that is what he said. Our uh, our fearless leader, Jason Klobaka, sent me a note before the podcast. Make sure you touch on this. And I was like, bro, I've seen the alerts, man. Uh, <laughs> Chewie loves to meddle. He, he's got opinions, and that's good. Better than that. But, yeah, he plans to play with a, f- a back fracture. Like, good luck, bro. Uh, if he plays, 
back to the nightmare scenario if Darren Sproles is out there too where you're looking at like a three-way split and like none of these guys have value right and Corey Clement you know he didn't get the touchdown last week but he did see the highest number of touches he's had in his entire career and that like again you gotta chase the touches, volume yep, yep, yeah 100% one more eagle. Alshon Jeffrey missed practice Thursday, but he's listed as questionable for Sunday at Tennessee. What's the workload? I don't know, for one. I If he plays, I would just wait a week. Um, before yeah. yeah, before he gets out there. So I also don't. What is it? Why is this? Why? I don't. I don't understand. Understand what the Eagles are doing here. I feel like they're rushing everybody back because they're. I had felt earlier in the season that the Eagles were taking a really measured approach being like listen the length of our franchise is more important the stability of our franchise is more important than 2018 but yeah. that's a lot easier to say than For maybe sure. put into practice yeah right until you start losing games right. so yeah i do i agree with you that it seems like they haven't been as patient as we might have thought. I do think that he, um, that Alshon Jeffrey and Carson Wentz will hook up. And they once. need him too. Yeah. To to be fair, like they threw a ton of passes at tight ends last week because they just don't have. I mean, they're running like Kamar Aiken. You remember Kamar Aiken? They're from running the, him out there from at the receiver. Ravens, yeah. <laughs> I also feel like this two tight end set nonsense is I'm getting asked all the time, like, oh, two tight end sets. Something that Martellus on Mostly Football, Martellus Bennett on Mostly Football. Name drop. <laughs> my friend, Marty. Marty B. <laughs> um, he said all the time, you can't run two tight end sets if both tight ends don't know how to block. Right. And Dallas Goddard definitely cannot block. And Ertz is like a re- basically big receiver anyway. So, yeah. yeah so I-, I would not be chasing the Dallas Goddard hype. Although at tight end, the whole thing is it's a trash bag. Right. So there are a couple of players in difficult matchups this week. This is our at me segment. So we asked some of our followers which they were most scared of this weekend. And Don't at me, bro. <laughs> Fantastic. But but they did. But they did at us, and we must answer the ads. I mean, we're gluttons for punishment, oh, right? Of course. At um, PartyCat741. Yeah, what's up, PartyCat741? Wants to, uh, he's got some feels about James Conner versus Baltimore. Again, coming off maybe a disappointing evening in terms of statistics, but like I, I would say, and Matt, we'll see what you think, follow the volume here. His volume every week is going to make him RB1, an RB1 level play, in my yeah, opinion. I agree with you. 20 touches last week. I mean, you still got away with 95 total yards. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I fantasy owners can get so greedy, man. Like, what do you, you're not, these guys are going to go out there and smash for like double digit points every week. But he has five catches in every single game, too. So if you're playing him in a half PPR or a PPR format, like, I think you're fine. And the Steelers just refuse, refuse to play a secondary running back. Like every piece of the workload that they used to give to Le'Veon Bell, they've almost all thrown all of it at James Conner in terms of snaps and carries. He's not quite as much of a receiver as Le'Veon Bell, but still, again, five catches every single week. You're going to take that. Even against Baltimore, you know, Baltimore showed... CJ Mosley's back in this one, I believe. Yes, which is important because we saw in week two when he, I believe, left that game. uh, Joe Mixon had a a pretty decent go go in that one, but so Baltimore's defense, I don't think, is like a shutdown unit. And this game is is actually has a 51-point uh, over-under, which is really high for a Raven-Steeler game. <laughs> I mean, it is Steelers at home in prime time, so you know they're going to do this stupid, like, we got to shine in this one. Blah, blah, blah. But nevertheless, that is a pretty high total. Uh, and so I would, I would try to get guys in those two teams into your lineup, especially James Conner. Yeah, so I think I, I understand your worry, but I think you play him. 
For what it's worth, I have him projected for 75 rushing. I'm going to give him a touch on the ground plus four catches for another 19 through the air. Liz, I think it's worth a lot. That's what I think it's worth. Hashtag fearless forecast. Appreciate you. <laughs> um, at Chris Ran, he's worried about the entire Cowboys offense. Well, welcome. Yeah. Welcome, to, welcome to almost October, friend. Yeah, I mean, Dak Prescott, I think, has thrown 185 yards or fewer in every single game this year, I think his last 11 starts is what it is. Like, this offense just sucks. Uh, so for bat, lack of a better word, there's nobody in the passing game you want to play for sure. No receivers getting regular targets, getting regular snaps. They don't have a tight end to speak of. Even oh, though this... let's pour one out for our boy Rico. <sighs> yeah. That's what, we can out. use a sound drop there, by the yeah, way, Brett. Sound next Pour, pour okay. one out. <laughs> <laughs> so just imagine you heard a pour one out there. And just the rest of this group, too. I mean, Zeke Elliott had a big game last week statistically, but also didn't he kind of whiffed in the past game he's getting 20 percent of the targets which is what you'd think but also i think warren sharp pointed this out that they have a literally zero percent success rate throwing to ezekiel elliott on early downs which is wild it's just not a good not a good offense right now you play zeke because the volume and he's he's getting it done in fantasy but nobody in this passing game is even on your radar agreed um, who else do we have? At Johnny Mexico in half point PPR, he's starting Michelle, but thinking White is a better option. We kind of talked about yeah. this. I mean, of the two in half point PPR, I'm still starting Michelle. I have both projected to score James White via the air, Michelle on the ground. I, I just feel like Michelle has the higher chance of a goal line plunge. And so if I'm totally, you know, yeah, totally. I mean, Brady could always get in for the goal line sneak, too. You can never forget no, he's due for those like once a season. But anyways, yeah, I agree that white is a safer off option right now. The more easier to project player. But we talked about earlier. Michelle definitely has a, a decent amount of upside, especially in a game that's at home. Patriots are favored. I expect them to win. And I think this is a solid bounce back spot for them. Nice. So let's play a little game of who is this guy, All-Stars. It was inspired by Jason Kroom. If you listened to last Sunday's show, we didn't know who the heck he was. Matt looked it up. Tight end. Um, (laughs) Buffalo Bills. Brett, the floor is yours. So Jason Kroom fell into our lives last week with one catch for 26 yards and a touchdown. And we were all like, who is this guy? So I wanted to ask you guys to play a little game with me. I'm going to name a player who, according to dot com. Sorry to shut whoa, the name. Whoa, whoa, what whoa. are you doing? Sorry to shut out the name. I just it's just where I went. You could have just said. Can you just bleep Google. it? Also, okay, yeah, just bleep, bleep it. Bleep that in post. Yeah, bleep Ugh. that. Is on a ro- These people are on a roster. I don't know if they're on the active roster. I don't know if they're on the forty-eight that suit up or whatever. Let's do this. These people are real players on real NFL football teams, and these are all skill position players as well. I'm not so pulling, we better know these. I'm not pulling free safeties. Okay, so you're gonna have to guess real name. Or fake name. So All wait, right. you pulled Pete. So we don't know. You don't know. I'm gonna risk. Okay. I'm gonna list names, and you have to tell me real name or fake name. I just want to say that I'm confident about this. That I'm gonna get all these right. I'm not as confident. Okay. All right. Start easy. Durham Smythe. Real. Yes, real. And this is a Keenum and Peel. Keenum. I just called it a Keenum. You know, you're in football season when you called it a Keenum and Peel. Keenum Peel. Yes. All right. For an extra point. Can you name the team? He's a tight end. Do you know the team? I I think I I think I know, but I'm not. Uh, I mean, the Ravens. They have forty tight ends. No, it's not the Ravens. Dolphins tight end. Oh. All right, that's right. He was. He's a blocking tight end. He was drafted this year. That's right. Behind his All right. 
Maybe this is a stupid game. Keep Maybe going. You're no, no, this is great. Right. Let's spend all a lot right. of time game. on a stupid game. Matt. If, if I if I if I get all these right, then I need to like right. reevaluate. I'm gonna life. throw this to individual people now. Matt. No. <laughs> Matt Lacoste. That sounds fake. I'm gonna say fake. It's real. It's real. Oh man. This is a this is a tight end for the Broncos. Damn. They need ends. a tight end now. Jake Butt towards ACL. All right. Ugh. R.I.P. Jake Liz. Butt. Mm-hmm. Chevy Martin. That is fake. Yeah, okay. That's fake. That's a fake one. All right. Matt, turn to you. Chester McHenry. Real. No, that's oh, fake. man. That's fake. I just made it. Come on. <laughs> Don't be stupid. All right. Yeah, you're right. All right that next was really part. dumb. List. Who names your kid Chester? Byron Pringle. That is real. Don't that is real. give her the he answer. He didn't do anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> Byron podcast, Pringle bro. is definitely real. <laughs> yeah. And he plays for the... Pittsburgh Steelers, who probably in, have pickles. Kansas State, correct? Kansas City Chiefs. Moving on. And he's he went to school at Kansas State, so he stayed in in oh, local. Oh, shush. Okay, Matt Marquez Valdez Scantling. Oh, this is real. Oh, oh, this real. is real. Okay. I fooled you. That's a but see, the, the problem that you had with that one, Brett, is well, for one, I knew too memorable. I knew who he was, obviously, because I'm a hashtag expert. But also, like, there's no way that's too crazy to be fake. Okay. Okay. Moving on. Philip Rodolfo. Nah. Nah. Correct, correct. It's a fake name, but I made it up. Rodolfo it sounds up. like a, a cowboy. Sounds like a kicker. Yeah, we're that. All right. Donnie Prawn. Ah, I'm a fake. Prawn. Yeah, it's fake. It's fake. It's a stupid name. I just made it up. All right. <laughs> last one. Last one. Dalton Schultz. That is real. a real player. Real. All right. Okay. Then I'm just not good at making up fake names. Is he, and you guys is, know too much. He's another old. tight end. He is a tight end for the Cowboys. Cowboys oh, yeah. I was going to say the Texans. I knew it was somewhere in that big All state. Right. All right. Tight ends, man. There's, I mean, there's Crockett so many. Gilmore, baby. I mean, you know, he's playing like offensive tackle now. He, or he like he tried, tried to convert. Yeah, he tried to convert. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Maybe this is a bad game to play. No, like, I like it. We'll have a feeling. We'll you find out on are, social media. People will probably yeah, tell us. If you thought it was good or bad at. Yahoo Brett. Fantasy. At me. At <laughs> Brett Raider. It's fine. Yeah, at Brett, at Brett Raider. And you can at Matt Harmon underscore BYB and Liz Loza underscore FF and tell us Maybe it was it. a bad idea. Or maybe just don't at Liz. <laughs> just leave yeah, me, leave, leave, me leave, out of this. Leave Liz alone. <laughs> yeah, leave her. Don't at her. Maybe it's a bad idea to ask some experts. Maybe I'm just showing that you guys are experts and you should be trusted in this I'm industry. definitely not an expert, but that's another discussion. You know who does believe himself to be an expert? And we agree with him. Oh, yeah. Totally. Brett, Brad Evans. He's going to get annoyed now because he likes the fanalist. Oh, title. sorry. Yes. Yes. He's a fanalist, but he's also an expert in a lot of things from meteorology to spinning hot dope tracks as a DJ that you guys have got to talk to Brad Evans about his like when he was a DJ times. He really played oh. weddings and bat mitzvahs, the whole thing. But also he is an expert in history. Specifically, the fantasy history, and he's going to take us back to a uh, back to a time. It's time to hop into the wayback machine for this week's great moments in fantasy football history. Chris Carson is basking in fantasy glory after piling up an exhaustive 34 touches in week three. But this week back in 2002, Seattle Stallion Sean Alexander trampled the Minnesota Vikings. 
on the ground. He plowed his way to 139 yards and four touchdowns on 24 carries. He even chipped in three receptions for 92 yards and another score as a receiver. His resulting 56.1 fantasy points and PPR sawed through the competition. In his illustrious career, Alexander was twice named All-Pro, won the NFL's MVP award in 2005, and was named to the 2000s All-Decade NFL team. His 9,429 career rushing yards and 100 career rushing touchdowns as a Seahawk may never be eclipsed in franchise history. He called it quits in 2008 as a member of the Washington Redskins. Tune in next week for another journey through the fantasy history books. Back to you, Liz. Sean Alexander. Sean Alexander, I think, was on my first ever fantasy team. I talk about this team way too much, but it had like Jamal Lewis and Joey Galloway and Ooh. Drew Brees. I was so I was so so dumb at fantasy that I took Drew Brees before I took Tony Romo as my backup quarterback before taking my second receiver. So my second receiver ended up being Joey Galloway with the Bucks. But Sean Alexander was on that team and that was the year after he was really good. So oh, way to way to go me. We definitely needed more uh, Sean Alexander. <laughs> We're never going to stories about your 2004 <laughs> fantasy football team. Wow. Hey, hey, 2006. No, seven. I don't remember. Let's Who's talk cat? DFS. How about daily yeah, fantasy? Yeah, yeah. Forget the way back when fantasy. Let's talk about the daily fantasy. Um, let's talk some bargains. You talked about Kerry on Johnson. I teed you up for a little. There's this tight end who likes to meditate per hard knocks in Cleveland. You think he might have a great day? David and Joku is only ten freaking dollars. Like I thought there was honestly something wrong with the pricing when we were making our Like Devin Juice should cost ten dollars. Yeah, right. He's not even on the <laughs> I know, roster. That's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I was looking at because I was like, I I like Tyler Eifert a lot. Uh, maybe I'll put him as my starting tight end in, in our DFS lineups and then I was like, well, David and Joker, though, like I could, lo- I, you know, where's he at? And I was scrolling the top level list, and I'm like, he's not up here. And I searched, and it was like ten dollars. Like there's some real goofballs that are ten dollars. So David and Joku right now, I think you know he's run, he's top five in routes run among all tight ends this year. So he's been getting the opportunity in terms of being out there on the field. That's really crucial in a tight end field that's just a wasteland this year. So. I like David Njoku because I think this offense changing over to Baker Mayfield, as I think I talked about it on our Sunday podcast, um, which you can get every Sunday night, by the way, uh, or Monday morning. Just subscribe to this podcast. and give us five, podcast. And give us a five-star review. Anyways, I talked about this. I think this offense always looked like it was designed for Baker Mayfield, you know, spread concepts, up-tempo, using a lot of precision passing. And I think that's just going to open things up for all these weapons, most notably David and Joku, who, like I said, is out there running routes on the field. The Raiders have been They good don't against, have safeties. Come on. I know. That statistically, they've been good against tight ends, but they've also played, you know, like the Dolphins, who have nobody out there tight end. The Broncos, you know, we're talking about Jake Butt and, and all these guys over that. here. We pour one out. Yeah, Tor- pour, we poured one out for <laughs> him. I told and you he next wasn't, week. Come we, on. Poured, we poured one out for him, and he's not even in a thing. Uh, they just haven't played a lot of teams that use tight ends heavily, so that's why the statistics that look good against tight ends. But this is, a, this is a team that we've always targeted with tight ends, and I think that David Njoku comes right back this week. I have another tight end. You teed me up for it, I have to admit. Tyler Eifert, 14 bucks, so $4 more than David Njoku. Um, listen, if A.J. Green is limited— 
and I think he will be with that groin. The only other red zone threat on this team is Tyler Eifert, and Atlanta is missing the entire middle of its defense. Yep. Also, Tyler Eifert did show up. You know, he's run more and more routes and seen more and more snaps every single week. Last year, uh, last week, he had over over 70 yards. The momentum is growing here. You saw in relief of A.J. Green, his numbers grow. And I think even with A.J. Green on the field, it looks like the Bengals are willing to test him out and test how healthy he's going to be. So I, I like his chances a lot this week. What about a receiver? Liz, you're never going to guess this. I like Allen Robinson a lot this week. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I mean, he's had a, a, just a massive amount of volume go his way this year in terms of air yards, targets, however you want to look. I mean, Mitchell Trubisky right now is pretty much just like a one-read quarterback, and like that often <laughs> oh, it has God. been Allen Robinson. The Bears are using him out of the slot a lot, which is great for a player like him, not running him up against press coverage a ton on the outside, especially if your quarterback's not throwing into tight windows or anything like that deep down the field. So I like how this matchup sets up for Robinson, especially because the Bucks right now have allowed an NFL high 56 catches to wide so receivers. They, I mean, they were bad in the secondary, and then they've gotten injured in the secondary. Brett Grimes might come back this week, but we don't Ooh. know what, We don't know if Brett Grimes Ooh. even has left. Yeah, I know, I don't right? want to get at it, actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, let's skip, skip over. <laughs> Seriously, though, really don't. But, yeah. I really like the way this sets up for Allen Robinson in this game. Um, in DFS right now, he's only $20 in Yahoo, and I think he could produce you know, wide receiver one week for sure in this spot. One buck cheaper, I like Sterling Shepard. Oh, this is a great and, – and this is actually kind of a sharp move by Yahoo's pricing. I mean, I just ripped it for the Njoku thing, so I'll, I'll give him a, a plus for this one. Like, That's still a value. I agree with you, but other sites out there, he's actually way cheaper, which is crazy. Really? Um, just because – do they know about P.J. Williams? P.J. Williams stinks as their slot. Like Patrick Robinson was their great Eagle. slot corner Done. that they had to put on IR, who they just signed for the Eagles, who actually originally started with the Saints. A little trivia there. Um, and this is a an offense that we mentioned being concerned about earlier because of their quarterback, because of their offensive line, etc. Also, one of the reasons it's hard to trust some of these players is because they have a lot of good passing game options, and we don't expect this to be like the Patrick Mahomes-led Chiefs where everybody's getting boosted up. But now that Evan Ingram is out of the picture— I'm making like your argument for you. I'm sorry. What am I doing? Oh, no. You're just mansplaining. It's cool. I'm used to this. Oh, but I agree with you. <laughs> I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> but I agree with you. It's yes. a good call. Also, I know that you are. A, we are both Sterling Shepard enthusiasts. When he came out of the draft, I, I said that his feet reminded me of going to Benihana because they were just chopping food so quickly. Yes. Uh, so all of the points. There's no Evan Ingram. I like the matchup at $19. I think he's a deal. And let's talk fades. Yeah, so fades for me this week. Um, let me pull the outline up. <laughs> Why don't you like Aaron Jones? Because he's twenty dollars. Like carry on Johnson, eighteen dollars. You know, two bucks you, cheaper. You don't want to throw Aaron Jones's uh, Aaron Jones in as a flex though. No, this is a three-way running back committee. Jamal Williams led the team in snaps. Aaron Jones looked like the best pure runner, and Ty Montgomery led the seven team in, yards per carry. And Ty Montgomery led the team in touches. Uh, because they were obviously trailing Washington last week. This is a team that I think, because I, I think it's good for the Packers to split this backfield up and get the best out of each individual player. Uh, so I don't think Jamal Williams is going to go away. I don't think Ty Montgomery is going to go away. And for that reason, I don't think Aaron Jones is going to get enough volume to really be trusted. Things can change for sure. I mean, chaos reigns in the NFL. One of these guys could get injured. Jones could just outright take the job. But in this spot, I don't really know that I'm trusting him for that price. Like maybe... 
in your season-long league, you can play him or whatever. But because he's so, to me, he's expensive in terms of running backs. Like there are guys that are cheaper that I just like a lot better. I think I probably fell in love with the tape on him a little bit too much. And I was with you on Jamal Williams, but I just feel like he has lost the job. Like he had the opportunity. The only thing that gives me pause is that Williams is such a better pass protector so far than Jones. And when you have a hobbled Aaron Rodgers, that matters more. Who's right? got, I mean, they're going to be purely a shotgun offense. Like, they're not going to put Rodgers under center and have him wobbling back True. there behind center. So, Well, here's a fade for me. I don't like, and this is, I think, interesting for you. Maybe it's going to inspire some uh, conversation in your brain. Juju versus Baltimore at $27. Not that I don't like the player, but I do. Like, Antonio Brown is 38 bucks. That's a lot of money. But I think Antonio Brown is going to ball out this week. Yeah, no, I mean, that's. Uh, entirely possible. Uh, I mentioned that YouTube hit that I did about players that we were wrong on. Juju was the guy that after I had all the li- uh, the followers send in their suggestions, I gave my own. And the player that I think I was most wrong about was Juju Smith-Schuster. I didn't trust the volume to be there, but it has been there. I mean, he has a hun- over 100 yards in every single game. He's getting a ton of targets, a ton of air yards. He's running almost all of his routes out of the slot, which is He's a also great seen spot. those targets in the red area of the field more than Antonio Brown, which is what Brown was griping about mm-hmm. two weeks ago, saying like, no, it's not that I'm not getting the targets. It's not that I don't get to be the stinking hero. Ben Roethlisberger gets to be the hero with the quote elbow injury and there's beef between these two I think after a win yes AB got a TD last week but I think that kind of squeaky wheel now that he's behaved enough is going to get the grease in this week I can buy into that I think Brown is in for a big week I mean people are like literally upset about Antonio Brown yeah I had somebody ask me if they should trade Antonio Brown for Kareem Hunt I'm like uh no dude that's (laughs) wild um another guy said that if uh we were drafting again today like Antonio Brown shouldn't be a first round pick I'm like again what do you people expect man like everybody's not going to go out there and give you like a 25 plus point week Brown has been a good fantasy pick. I mean, he's wide receiver like 11 right now in PPR, so that's nothing to sneeze at, and it's been three games. As long as the volume is there, you don't change your projection coming into the season, and you know the volume has still been there for Brown despite Juju breaking out. And we're less than a month into the yeah. season. Um, Just one last note about Juju. Again, just don't like the price tag, $27 for reference. Keenan Allen, who is facing San Francisco without Richard Sherman, is 28 bucks. So for a $1 difference, I'd rather have Keenan Allen. Of course, there's a knee issue that just popped up, but who knows, those midweek injury reports can sometimes just be superfluous stuff, so keep an eye on that. Yeah, you mentioned Richard Sherman's out, too, yeah. uh, for this game, and I think that could I'm going to do a little mea culpa here again. I get a lot of stuff wrong. What is this? I thought we were professionals. But anyways, uh, Mike Williams, the guy you were really on, I was not, made me look foolish last week uh, for fading him, and really I don't have any of him in drafts, but he's at 80 yards and or a touchdown in every single game so far this year. Yeah, I mean, Williams is cooking, and I think this is a good spot for him. I think the Chargers could smash. You know, I mean, whenever you think they're going to do something, they probably won't. (laughs) But I think they could smash the 49ers, obviously, with C.J. Beathard back there uh, in L.A. this week. Well, that is going to wrap it up for our midweek show. You can follow us on Twitter and submit your questions to at Yahoo Fantasy. You can follow me, but don't you dare send me too many questions at Liz Loza underscore FF. And of course, there's Matt, Har- <laughs> at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. We will be back with Scott Pianowski, the piano man on Sunday night. Thanks for listening. Nice review. Apple Podcasts. Live it up. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. 
Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.